Time that really, really closely, I had everything right. And I was going to go, hey, I'm going to go live in a few minutes and everything will be fine. And uh, I wrote the tweet and then I copied the URL from YouTube and I went to paste the URL into YouTube. Uh, no, paste. For, no, in, into, into Twitter or X, whatever it is these days. So for some reason, I can't paste URLs. So then I burned three minutes trying to figure out how to paste URL, which ultimately boiled down to uh, copying the text, adding the text in front of the URL in a note and then putting it in your... Ah, anyway, there's a lot of mucking around. <laughs> anyway, good morning. I'm in Oslo. Uh, there's snow on the wall. There's a fireplace here. It is... Where are we? Minus 12 outside Celsius, which for me as an Australian is rather significant. So uh, that's nice. It's nice being Oslo, a bit of change from Rome. Last week, I'm actually doing this a little bit late because this is a Monday now. So last week, where were we? Uh, we were in Rome and I was there with Scott. We did this live week before in Paris. This is the Oslo version. It's Monday. I should have done it about three days ago, but we're just doing so much stuff here and it's just trying to like find the time. So I've got this little window opportunity today to do this. And then I'm going to do it again from here in, I think, about four days, if I can actually get it back on track, before I head back to the warm weather. So, that's movements. I'll get into some more of the Oslo stuff. There's Stefan. <laughs> Stefan's back in Iceland, not followed by the volcano yet. Now, we have been watching that, mate. It looks pretty, pretty wild out there. So, stay safe. Uh, let me jump into the, the formalities. And then it's not going to be overly long today because it's it snowed a bunch last night. It's really clear and picturesque out there. I just want to go out and play in the snow. <laughs> if I'm honest, I want to go and take some photos and it will be nice. All right. Sponsor this week is Collide. Again, it is Collide. Ensuring that if your device isn't secure, it can't access your apps. It's Device Trust for Octa. Watch the demo today. Uh, Collide has been a massive sponsor last year in 2023 and this year already into 2024 as well. So a really big thanks to them uh, for their ongoing support. There's a free demo over there to go and uh, go and have a look at how the whole thing works. Challenges of implementing device trust for Okta, how Collide integrates with Okta to keep untrusted devices from accessing your company's apps and how end user remediation removes the IT bottleneck that often derails zero trust initiatives. And as I read all that, I had managed to hit the magic Siri button on the iPad and I've just dictated it all. And Siri wants to know to who. I don't know. I don't know if that's the dictating or something else. So, who else we got here? I'm looking at the iPad down here. John, morning, Troy from Chile, England. <laughs> Do with that fire here right now. Yeah, it's uh, it's nice. When we come to Oslo, we try and have a little bit, little bit longer time. Given Charlotte is, <laughs> I was about to say Oswegian or something, Norwegian from Oslo. And she has family and friends and so on here. And Oslo has become very much a second home, I think, uh, for me and increasingly for the kids as well. So we get an Airbnb and try and, like, pretend <coughs> that we're living here for a very short period of time. Uh, so having something like a nice fireplace in the winter is, is good. Um, it's like I like hotels. I like nice hotels. I like people making me breakfast and making my bed. But it is nice to be somewhere like this. Now, be all that as it may, I did have a bunch of things this week because I think there were a few, uh, a few little fascinating things that popped up on the radar. And I guess I probably should start with, well, maybe finish up on the travel bit as well. 
last week Scott and I were in Rome, went and did all the Roman things, uh, went to the Colosseum, uh, Charlotte and the kids and I went to the Vatican, which was fascinating. Like it's, it kind of reminds me a little bit, <laughs> it's going to sound weird, reminds me a little bit when I first went to Washington, D.C., uh, only because it's like this is all the stuff that I've seen on TV before and you get to go there and you get to see all these things that you'd only seen on a screen but were so famous and it's like wow yeah it's, that's the Colosseum like that is that was fascinating I think what was especially fascinating about it is this is something that was built 2,000 years ago and you sort of go well I've seen drawings of what a lot of the world was like 2,000 years ago and it wasn't like massive buildings like this the Romans were just so advanced with their architecture and their even their engineering, their aqueducts and things like that. It was just it, it's just fascinating to look at that, but to also see all the images, all the yeah, obviously artist impressions, what it did look like in the past, and it's obviously then just gone through this period of decay. Uh, an earthquake some time ago didn't really help, but there's so many buildings around Rome that are just two thousand years old, epic like marble pillars and things like this, and it's, it's almost a bit of a shame that they're kind of in ruins now. The Vatican, however, is is like fascinatingly beautiful with all the art and everything, but it's it's also very hard not to look at it and go, that is a huge amount of money sitting there for the enjoyment of visitors and things like that. But uh, wow, this church has got a lot of gold, <laughs> a huge amount of gold. So that was kind of interesting. So I did that. We've come back to Oslo. Uh, and we're here for NDC, which has just happened. So NDC security. We have an NDC security in Oslo every year. Last one I did was 2020. I went to NDC Oslo in 2020, January 2020, and went, uh, okay, this will be cool. I'll be back next year. And of course, things got weird. So I couldn't get anywhere for a period of years. So first time back at NDC security uh, after, after many years. And many years before that, every year I'd go and do the same event. So that was really cool. Did the opening keynote there. Uh, that went really well. We get, uh, we get grades <laughs> when you do an NDC talk. So when everyone walks out, there's like yellow cards and then there's orange cards. No, which way does it go? No, there's green cards. <laughs> I don't know. I'm normally the one doing the talking, not the grading. There's green cards and yellow cards and red cards. So like green card is, yeah, good talk. Yellow card is, like, eh. Red card is not happy with it. Uh, and out of that, I got 160 red cards, uh, two yellow cards, and zero red cards. So I was very happy with the outcome of that talk. Now, that was NDC Security in Oslo. I'm going to be at NDC Sydney in Sydney next month. And when I go there, I'm going to be doing the same talk. I'm just going to have a look at the dates here because we do want to give NDC Sydney a little bit of a plug. So home NDC I think it's around the middle of next month. It is 12 to 16 Feb at the Hilton in Feb. In the Hilton in Feb. It's still early. The Hilton in um, uh, Sydney. I'm just, who is making all the noise in this chat? And why doesn't that just get rid of the, maybe I can just leave that chat. Mute. Mute for an hour. <laughs> You'd think that when you start YouTubing on here, it would stop all the poppy-uppy things. Anyway, apparently it doesn't. Right, that's that. NDC Sydney, 12 to 16 Feb at the Hilton. I'm going to be doing a talk, when is it? I think it's towards the end of the Wednesday, or somewhere thereabouts. Uh, it won't be a keynote, 
<coughs> I will have to compete with some other people, but at least you know the talk's good. So if you can come to NDC Sydney, please get along to that. Next NDC for me after that is going to be NDC Oslo, which is not what I just did. That was NDC Security Oslo. NDC Oslo in June. So we will be back for that event. I will be doing uh, an opening keynote on the Friday. It's going to be an all-new talk. It's going to be a whole bunch of stuff. I've called title at the moment about hack your career or something like that. The whole idea is it's going to be uh, how how I think we all have the ability as people working in the tech industry to build amazing things out of very little things. And obviously that's that's a lot of that's my experience with the Have I Been Pwned bits, but I think everyone has these super, super cool, awesome opportunities. So it's going to be very much one of these soft skill talks. It's not going to be techie. Uh, I think it's going to be awesome. I think it's going to be hilarious. My parents are going to be there. <laughs> First time they've seen me talk. Charlotte will be there. Elle will be there. Elle, our 11-year-old daughter, she and I are also going to be doing a talk on 3D printing. It is going to be a 3D printing talk for the adult audience. She's got a very high bar to meet for the NDC crowd, but we're going to do a really, really cool talk. Now, there's a question just there as well about where are we here? Trady Trev, will the talk be put online eventually? Yeah, they normally are. Uh, it's normally some number of weeks after the event. Now, you could go on there and see what I just spoke about. It is always different in person. So if you can't get along to an NDC event in Sydney, Trev, go and watch the online talk. It's much better in person. And they're different every time as well. Every time I do it, I find something that I want to do differently or the audience is a bit different or you adapt to what they're doing. So anyway, that's there. <coughs> Camflyer CH, good morning. Cool watching you live on the train traveling through Germany. All right, nice. Um, I think it's getting cold in Germany soon too. It's get, definitely getting a lot colder here. <coughs> See what I mean? I'm fine. I'm not sick. <laughs> it's, just, it's all this cold cold air so we're uh we're getting down to minus 22 on friday uh and then saturday and sunday are snow actually well tomorrow's snow wednesday snow awesome we have been making the most of snow too we ran out snowboarding yesterday uh which was which was good fun there's a little mountain it's only about a 20 minute uber ride from here uh you go up there there's only a few runs it was busy it was a saturday sunday actually wasn't it yesterday sunday I had to hire a board, which I would never ever want to do again. It was terrible. <laughs> but it meant that we could go out there with the kids and have a little ride in the snow, which was fun. We've been sledging as well. Uh, that was enormously good fun. Stefan was up there the other night with Scott and the, the family and I, riding these sledges down the mountain. That was very cool. We went curling a couple of days ago. Now, I'd never really thought that was a thing I wanted to do, but it was good fun. Um, one of these Airbnb experiences. So these days there's all these Airbnbs, not just like renting the apartment, you can go and rent someone to teach you the thing that they're doing. So we had done an Airbnb pasta cooking class in, in Rome. We'd done Airbnb cheese and wine tasting thing in Paris. And we've just done the, the curling, which was good fun. <coughs> um, Philip, Philip's in the UK. G'day, Philip, Jamie. Very cold UK. I bet you it's not as cold as here. Stefan says, I like the crowd NDC security, a bit different from the other NDCs. Got some good different questions that I usually, uh, that I, that I, different questions than I usually get from the NDC people. Stefan says, did Scott hit a tree? <coughs> um, now, inevitably, Stefan is talking about when Scott went snowboarding because Scott always crashes into something when we go snowboarding. 
Um, he did have an incident <laughs> yesterday. He says someone crashed into him. I wasn't there to witness it. I just know there was a collision. Um, so he hit something. Uh, so I think he's, we'll give him a partial credit for that. Okay, what is on the agenda here? USB-C. Now, <clears throat> I think this is interesting because this came up, this came up in the Twitters, I'm gonna keep calling Twitter, <laughs> came up in the Twitters uh, this week, and this is from the European Parliament. And it says, from 28 December 2024, all mobile phones, tablets, and cameras sold in the EU will be equipped with a standard USB Type-C charging port, making it easier for you and better for the environment. Read more. And they've got an image in there where they've got the first image has got a USB-A, it looks like a micro USB, a USB-C, and a lightning cable. You know, the four different cables. And they're like, second image, uh, your charges in 12 months, just one USB-C. Now, it's not that simple because I'm not chucking out everything I've got that still needs the older connectors. Uh, and as I understand it, mobile phones, tablets, cameras, that's not necessarily going to include the drone, but then again, that's a different charger anyway. Let's say other people's drones. Uh, it's not necessarily going to include the uh, the gimbal from DJI that you buy. Yeah, all these other things. So there's going to be a bunch of stuff out there, inevitably, which will have these other charging ports or connectors for some period of time. We have known about this for a long time as well. Inevitably, this is what drove Apple to go USB-C on my iPhone just here. Uh, iPad here, already USB-C, fantastic. I love it. I love the idea of trying to get rid of all of these other standards. Some people weren't as happy. <clears throat> and it's just kind of interesting where a bunch of people are like, okay, well, you know, now we've got a new standard. So what's going to happen with the next iteration of this? What's going to happen with the next version? We're just going to end up with like yet another cable. But I think that the goal here is that if we, it's not that we want to regulate everything, but if we regulate it, <clears throat> such that later on when we do need a, a higher speed connector or something which does something above and beyond what we can with that physical form factor of USB-C, then at least if it's regulated and it's part of an industry standard, everyone moves there together and it's not like these guys are going off doing lightning and these ones are doing something completely different. So I think it's positive. I've started trying to get rid of everything that's not USB-C on one end and at least on one end have USB-C. So. I can have a USB socket somewhere and every cable will plug into it. Uh, before we came away, I made sure that the kids had their own kit for all of their things. It was like phones, tablets, whatever else. And everything is a USB-C cable. And then of course, <clears throat> what you end up with is, I'm just looking around the house here, even things like my power adapter here, they're USB-A on the female side. So we just end up having to have like heaps and heaps of these USB-C to USB-A adapters. but I'd rather have those like little tiny adapters, which are a buck each or something, and you will lose them because you'll pull out a cable one day and go, oh, I've pulled my cable out, it's fine, let's go. And it's come out of the adapter and the adapter is still in the socket somewhere. How long is it gonna be before we don't need USB-A? That was the other thing I put on Twitter this week. And um, the answer is, is I think forever. I think we are going to <coughs> forever be stuck with this legacy tale of other devices and think about all the different places you have fairly significant investments in port type 
Now, there are a bunch of people when we went to the lightning adapter from the old, remember the old Apple iPhone ones? I don't know, remember what they're called. They're the long pin ones. And there's all these hotels with like clock radios where you could dock your phone. Well, you know, there you go. Uh, as Stefan's just said, most airplanes still have USB-A. Exactly. A lot of cars still have USB-A. All of our cars <coughs> have USB-A. Now, I know... Mercedes has started doing USB-C, I think when I've had like a lone Mercedes, when we've dropped ours off for repair, the last couple of years, <coughs> I've noticed that they've had A, sorry, C. So they're obviously rolling, but man, I only keep that GTR forever, <laughs> and that's definitely USB-A. Uh, Stefan's point about, uh, about airplanes, that's definitely going to be the case. We're still stuck with airplanes with USB-As. And the problem now is that even if, let's say it was Airbus because they're European and they're like, we're going to start putting C in all of our seats now. Well, you still got a lot of people with A's. So I don't know, I just think it's going to take ages and ages and ages, but it is the right thing to do. Someone <clears throat> in one of the comments somewhere said something to the effect of USB-C is kind of shit because they keep breaking. <laughs> I was like... What do you do to your cables, mate? <laughs> and also, is it the plug or is it just a dodgy cheap cable? I don't know. It could be the latter. Anyway, I'm happy about that. And I'm going to make a conscious effort to try and just stick with cables with USB-C on as many of the ends as possible. <laughs> Preferably both ends, but worst case, one end. Uh, and I am going through a big cable cleanup at home at the moment. Cables all over the floor just for that. Something different. Last week when Scott and I did this video, he spoke about Capelli Sport. <laughs> this is this is fascinating. So Capelli Sport is uh, a New York based website that sells sporting apparel. And CapelliSport.com has been loading JavaScript from CapelliSport.info. Literally script tag source CapelliSport.info some path. At some point in time, they let that domain lapse. And Scott and Joe Tideman as well, who was commenting on here last week, found that domain and registered it. So they now control the domain that's loading JavaScript into Capelli Sport. And it begs that question, like what can you do if you can control the JavaScript on someone else's website? Because this is where they were. Uh, well, they had access to rewrite the DOM. So they could have written anything they want to the DOM. They could have injected CoinHive, but I own that domain. <laughs> so they could have injected another crypto miner or something. They could have redirected people to a different website. Uh, they could have scrapped the contents of the page. They could have put listeners on form input boxes and raised events on change and siphoned data. Like this, the, it, the mind just boggles as to how much stuff you could do. So controlling JavaScript on that page by virtue of owning the domain is really major and it's a massive oversport of Capelli not to have done that, uh, to have allowed that. I'm just reading Stefan's comment. Oh no, they're still loading Scott's JS. Yes, and this is where I'm going. Now I hadn't checked that. I think I last asked Scott about it yesterday. <laughs> so, <coughs> so I can't help but laugh about it. Scott and Joe tried for months to get in touch with Capelli Sport and they couldn't get anyone there at all. Now, when I say months, I'm, I'm sure it was at least November. It may have even been a little bit earlier than that. 
and they're sending emails, they're trying to find people on LinkedIn, they start logging to the console on the Capelli Sport website because, of course, they control the JavaScript. They can do that. They console logs. If you go there now, capellisport.com, go to the little cart icon, they're logging to the console there. So literally on the shopping cart page, they're running script that's emitting output to the console. Uh, and they thought maybe that will get their attention because maybe one of the developers is like loading the website and looking at the console. No good, couldn't get anything. So eventually Scott and I do this video a week and a bit ago and he details the whole thing. A bunch of you watch it. Uh, he gets an email from Capelli Sport, which is great. Now I'm not gonna go into the detail of what the email was or the backwards and forwards after that. Uh, I will use the word fascinating and also I'll pick up on Stefan's observation that it is still not fixed. Now maybe they're just like, well, Scott seems like a nice guy. He's doing the right thing with it. You know, it's, if it's a nice guy who owns the domain, they're not gonna do nasty stuff. Well, does it really matter? Is it, is it an urgent thing? Uh, I'd argue yes, because it's not a good look. It's still some other rando person from the internet who controls JavaScript on your website. So that's still outstanding. Now also thanks to you to everyone that listened to this and I got a bunch of DMs later on from people making suggestions about who to contact. Now I didn't reply to you all, but thank you for sending that through. It, it shouldn't like come to this. It shouldn't come to the point where I'm having to do one of the tweets. Has anyone got a security contact at? Or you're listening to this video and that's the way an organization finds out. It shouldn't be that way at all. But anyway. So let's, um, let's just see how long that takes. Maybe each week we'll just keep doing a Has Capelli Sport Taken Back Their Domain Yet uh, segment of the podcast. Or even better, have they just removed the script bag from the website? Because obviously it's not doing anything. Otherwise it would have broken stuff when they let the domain lapse. It's, it's another one of those things where I just get to the point and go, well, it's a good time to be in the industry, isn't it? Uh, Stefan says, trust me, I won't load any dodgy JS on your website, I promise. Yeah, and that's, that's, yeah, that's where it. Stephen Jones, happy belated weekend. Yep, I know, <laughs> it is belated, but thank you for joining. All right, uh, last one here. Did have a data breach that I processed this week, which was a, if I'm asked, another bit of a frustrating one. Let me just read the description to you from the Have I Been Pwned tweet. Indian ISP Hathway allegedly had 4.7 million unique email addresses and hundreds of GBs of data breached last month. The incident included name, physical and IP address, password hashes and support tickets. 50% already have I been pwned. Now, I do link through to a story here as well. Let me explain my frustration with this one. Someone posted this data to what we refer to as a popular hacking forum. Uh, the date here is uh, Friday, December 22. So we are approaching a month, let's call it three weeks. We'll be generous. It's more than three weeks. What's today, the 15th? I lose track when I travel. More than three weeks. Posted it here, uh, and this person, uh, there's a screen cap of the, the, the post on the forum here in the article that I linked to. Uh, so, <laughs> Dawn of Devil has posted and said, Hi all, as Hathaway is not ready for the cooperation, the data is now available for sale. Now, I would interpret not ready for the cooperation to be they didn't pay the ransom that you demanded. Uh, so if someone's put the data up for sale, it's interesting because they say, I have 41 and a bit million 
users and the data includes, and then they've just got a whole bunch of columns here. It wasn't quite that simple. It was, it was a lot of files, uh, many, many dozens, if not hundreds of files. I can't, oh no, it was hundreds. It was 700 something files, I remember now. 700 something files, CSV files, I don't know where they've got them from. Uh, they've dumped them out there. And I think the record or rather the file that they're talking about had like 41 million rows for users. But I think even the article in here refers to it. A bunch of that data uh, did have the word dummy on it. There's certainly a huge amount of legitimate data in there because a lot of uh, Have I Been Prime subscribers got emails. I think about 7,000 of them got emails. A bunch of rows that didn't have an email address, a bunch of rows that had duplicate email addresses. So I know that it's nice. Nice. Nice for people trying to exploit other companies to have a big number there. But that 41 million was almost 10 times too high. So 4.7 million unique email addresses. Hathaway is an ISP and a digital TV provider. Uh, there's a huge amount of information there that seems to be related to the process of providing that service. Uh, so for example, support tickets for people whose modems aren't working properly. Um, support tickets are not great because there's a lot of personal information that, that filters into these. Like I said before, things like physical addresses. Anyway, the point is all this popped up on this hacking forum on the 22nd of December. Now somewhere in here in my tweet thread, uh, I've quote tweeted one of these accounts that posts information about data breaches. A few accounts out there that are just really, really good at monitoring these sorts of websites and posting about them when they appear somewhere. So this one here, Hackmanic, that's hack with a four instead of an A and M-A-N-A-C. On the 3rd of Jan, they've posted this. And they've said, uh, when I say post it, put out a tweet and, and said, look, uh, Hathaway allegedly breached data of 41.5 million customers, threat active claims were compromised. Hathaway, one of India's largest ISP providers. They've put that out there on the 3rd of Jan. Now, on the 9th of Jan, I've quote tweeted this and said, did, it, did this breach in India ever get any acknowledgement or press coverage? It's big numbers. Is there anything? And it didn't look like it had any exposure whatsoever and it's, it's like this is hundreds of gigabytes of data loads and loads of personal information and it gets nothing and then finally the story which i eventually linked through to in the uh, in the tweet from have i been pwn that ends up appearing let's see when that was so that story then goes out on the 9th of january and after that, it's like, look, it's, it's obviously well and truly in the public domain. The story did say they weren't able to get a response from the organization. Uh, and then that was the ninth. And then it goes into Have I Been Pwned here on the 12th. And that's sucky. Like, it's, it's sucky that this, this thing is out there with all this personal information for weeks with no response from the company. Uh, not either to journalists reaching out directly or when they're, they're literally mentioned in, in the tweets that are, that are talking about the, the, the post on the forum. Since it's gone into Have I Been Pwned, I've not heard anything either. I know I sent thousands and thousands of emails to impacted people. I'm sure at least one of them reached out to Hathaway and said, hey, by the way, <laughs> you know, can you do something about this? So it seems like they're just like literally fingers in the ears. I've had a lot of people say before, and I will agree with this observation, that there is something about Indian data breaches where there's a lot of denial 
and a lot of silence. Uh, more so than other places. Now, I don't know if there's a cultural thing in there, not wanting to acknowledge when, when ultimately they've made a mistake somewhere, uh, or, or what it is, but there's a definite pattern there over and over and over again. Uh, and, and inevitably after this got uh, quote tweeted and I said, hey, has anyone seen this in the news? A lot of people came back and went, they're just not going to acknowledge it. So that really sucks. And I'm um, sorry for Indian friends who have to uh, have to have their, not only have their data breached, but then have the companies not take any responsibility for it. Okay, so folks, I'm going to wrap it up there. If you look at the video, like that sun is just, that wasn't there when I started this. The sun is coming up, it's 9.53 in the morning, so it's finally time for the sun to get above the horizon. It'll be going down again at three something this afternoon. But uh, I did not plan to be like blasted in the face with sunlight today. So I'm gonna wrap it up, I'm gonna go out there and I'll take some nice photos and chuck them on the socials later on. Thanks for watching, I'll come to you again from this same seat, uh, hopefully in about four days from now. And as Trady Trev says, need your sunnies. Yeah, I've been carrying them around in my pocket of my like massive Canada Goose jacket just for such an occasion. So I'm going to go use them.